You're listening to Soldiers of the Cross. God's children should look and act differently than the world's children, the devil's children, the worldlings. We are God's children, children of the light. We should not be like them. We should not be like the world. We should be different and distinct. Welcome to Soldiers of the Cross. I'm Paul Robinson. Thank you so much for listening today. Today we're going to talk about this topic, when does something become worldly? You know, there's a problem in Christendom today in America, and it's worldliness. Step foot inside your average church today, and you will see a bunch of worldly Christians. Now, the term worldly simply means of the world. What characteristics are of the world? Well, 1 John 2.16 tells us, says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. So anything that has these roots, again, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, anything that has those roots is worldly. We could also say that anything that is worldly is anti-God, or goes against God's design. In fact, that's why it's worldly. We, We could say... If it is of the world, it is anti-God, because God has nothing to do with the world. The world and God, they're polar opposites. Now, I'm going to give you a bunch of examples of things that are inherently worldly from the start. So, I know the title here is, When Does Something Become Worldly? And we're going to get to that. But before we get to that, I want to talk about uh, a few things, several things, that are inherently worldly. And I'm going to explain why they're worldly, what the Bible has to say for most of them, and also uh, I want to zero in on what the root is. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Okay, ready? First thing I want to mention is the woke movement. Now, this is front and center, right? This is on the news just about every day. Corporations are bowing the knee to the woke agenda, and and I'll tell you, the, the woke movement is worldly. It attacks God's designs of marriage and gender. Okay, uh, and and it is fleshly. So I would say it goes to the the root would be the lust of the flesh. Now Genesis one twenty seven says, so God created man in His own image. In the image of God created He him. Male and female created He them. So right there in Genesis we have the two genders. Now it's funny, there's no other genders mentioned. Read the entire Bible. There, there's no third gender. There's certainly not like fifty like people claim today. No, there are two genders. God made two genders. There's always been two genders. All right? Genesis 2.24 also says this, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Specifically, it says a man cleaves to his wife, male and female. Okay? So the woke agenda, it's the LGBTQ plus movement. Okay? You've got the, the homosexuals. You've got the transgenders. You've got the drag queens, all of that. It is worldly. Next, evolution. Evolution denies the existence of the creator. And I would say the root of this would be the pride of life. The pride of life. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. There it is. God created the heaven and the earth. And so for someone to say, No, I don't think so. There's no creator. Oh, this all happened by chance. Yeah, evolution. Yep, yeah. Uh, you know, it was amoeba soup. 
and then uh, and then a lot. Oh, and, and then it was a tadpole, and, and and then it was a little person, and then and then monkeys, and then we evolved. And I mean, it, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, it is. It, it instead of believing, you know, human beings are intricately designed, which means we had to have a designer. Um, I I would say it's actually very easy to argue for God's existence today, and it's very hard to argue for evolution because evolution is a humongous stretch. Huge. So it's worldly. Evolution is worldly because it denies God completely. And then we have humanism. Now, humanism denies the need for God and the Bible. Obviously, it's called humanism. It is centered completely on man. And again, it is the pride of life. We don't need God. That's what they say. That's what the humanist says. We don't need God. We are good without God. That, that's atheism, too. Atheism says there's no God. We don't need God. It's a crutch. And it's just pride. Romans one twenty five says, Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator. You know, that's exactly what humanists and atheists do. They, they deny God's existence. They turn it into a lie. And then they worship themselves. And they worship humans and say, Oh, we're wonderful. We don't need God. And they're worshiping themselves. All right, next is postmodernism. Now, postmodernism denies that truth is absolute. Postmodernism is the belief all truth is relative. You know, your truth, it's good for you. You have your truth, and I have my truth. And they're not the same. Whatever you believe is good for you. Whatever I believe is good for me. Okay, that's, that's relativism, and it, it's garbage. It's garbage, um, and, and it, denies, it denies God's word. Uh, and, and once again, I would say the root would be the pride of life, the pride of life. John seventeen seventeen says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. It is the word of God that is absolute truth. Oh, 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 you can't say that. You can't say that. That's your opinion. That, that's what they'll say. That's what the postmodernist will say. But man, it, it, it's just, it's just so confusing. What a terrible way to live. You know, how, how can you live your life? How can you build your life on anything if, if you don't even know what truth is? Right and wrong? I mean, it's just, it's just terrible. So postmodernism is worldly. Next, now this is one that might surprise some people, and um, yoga. Now I know yoga is very popular, especially with young, uh, young women. It's very popular today. But did you know that yoga has roots in Eastern mysticism? You know, yoga says, open your mind. Well, open your mind, that's very dangerous, and it's unbiblical. This is the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh. It appeals to your flesh. I suppose maybe it appeals to your intellect, but again, you know, the deep breathing is fine. Open your mind is not. And again, yoga, specifically yoga, it, it, it's got its roots in Eastern mysticism. Remember that. Galatians 3.1. The Apostle Paul says to the Galatians, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Now, I use that verse because it's kind of like, hey, people, and even Christians, who has bewitched you that you think yoga's okay? Philippians 2.5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. See, we're to have the mind of Christ. Don't open your mind to the things of the world. Open your mind. No. We are to have the mind of Christ. Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, we are to, we are to have a transformation taking place in our mind, and it's 
Um, we are to be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. The transformation in our mind happens through the word of God. It is Our mind is to be transformed by the power of God's word and by the power of the spirit. And so again, our minds, you need to guard your mind. Don't open your mind to the world's philosophies, all right? So yoga is very worldly. Next is casinos. Now, casinos. These are dens of iniquity. Gambling, drinking, sensual dancing, it, it all appeals to the flesh. All appeals to the flesh. So, of course, it's the lust of the flesh. But you know what? It's also the lust of the eyes. You know, the dancing women. Lust of the... But you know what? It's also the pride of life. Because... Oh, I could win a whole bunch of money really easily. All I have to do is try my hand at the slot machine. And um, pride of life. So casinos actually have all three. And you know what? Christians should never go to casinos. You might say, oh, they have such wonderful restaurants. No, you shouldn't even step foot inside a casino. It is a worldly place. It is a wicked place. It is a place of the world. Now, here's another one, liquor stores and bars, okay? These are horrible places. They're places of bondage. The most unhappy people frequent these places, you know? Well, why do people go to the bar? To get drunk and to forget their, their problems. This appeals to the lust of the flesh, lust of the flesh. Now, the book of Proverbs, gotta love Proverbs, just tells you like it is. Proverbs 23, verses 29 and 30 says, Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? And then it gives the answer. They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. I'm telling you, the most miserable people in the world will be found going to liquor stores and bars. They want to get drunk. They want to forget all their problems. And and, and these places are, are worldly. These are worldly places. And I'm actually going to talk about drinking just a little bit later. So hold on to that thought. Next, nightclubs. Nightclubs, obviously, these might say, this is obvious. Dens of iniquity. Again, purpose is to arouse the sensual pleasures. Celeste so of the eyes. Okay, it appeals to your eyes. You've got women dancing. It's also the lust of flesh because it arouses your flesh. So obviously, nightclubs are worldly, very worldly places. Christians should never go there. Next, this next one. Now, I know I'm talking to men here, but I'm going to mention this. Bikinis, all right? A bikini is the most revealing thing that a woman can wear. I know this This is this is for women, but guess what? Uh, bikinis, when, when you see a woman wearing a bikini, it can cause, it will cause men to stumble into lustful looking and lustful thoughts, okay? And I, I men, I don't care who you are. Women in bikinis is a huge temptation for us. Huge. Um, again, lustful, you have lustful looking and lustful thoughts. Now, a good example here would be David and Bathsheba. Now, it's true, Bathsheba wasn't wearing a bikini, but she was, she was outside washing herself, and um, she was out in the open. She was naked, and, and David looked at her. And he looked, and he looked, and he looked, and then he, he got her, you know, and he was the king. So it's like what the king wants, the king gets. And uh, David succumbed. David succumbed to this temptation. And um, it, it's the same thing with women out there wearing bikinis. It's, they're practically wearing nothing at all. 
And um, David, David gave in. You know, man after God's own heart, you know. And so again, here's a woman in public wearing something that she absolutely shouldn't be wearing. So my point is, bikinis are worldly. This is something worldly that women should never, ever, ever wear. Christian women. I'm talking Christian women. Women of the world, of course. That you know, I, I cannot believe the way women dress today. It is unbelievable. You just go to the store, right? I'm just going to the grocery store. And you'll see women wearing horrible, you know, well, not wearing much. It's shocking. It really is. And, and it, it's hard for men. It's hard today. I get it. So obviously bikinis for the men, um, lust of the eyes. It's lust of the, it appeals to, your, you know, you see it. Now for the woman, it's the pride of life. And, and I suppose this isn't true for every woman, but I'll tell you some women, why do you think they wear bikinis? To show off their body. They've got, a, they've got a really attractive body. They want to show it off. It's the pride of life. So these are worldly, okay? It's, it's, it's something worldly. Okay, moving on. Um, something similar here. Now, boy, this is a big topic. Pornography. Pornography. You know, watching sex and other sensual acts is ruinous to a person's mind. Relationships and marriages have been destroyed because of porn. Just horrible. And believe me, I'm going to be doing uh, not just one episode, but a whole series on pornography a little bit down the road. So stay tuned for that. Obviously, pornography is lust of the eyes, but also lust of the flesh because it arouses your flesh. Next, smoking. Smoking, yeah. Uh, smoking is worldly. Causes lung cancer and other problems. Now, now, 60 years ago, 60 years ago, everybody smoked. I get, you know, I, 30s, 40s, 50s, everybody smoked. And, and you know what? They didn't really – they didn't know how bad smoking was for you. Now we know. It can cause lung cancer. It can cause other problems. Not good for you. For the Christian, it defiles the body, and your body is God's temple. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body – and in your spirit, which are God's. You see, if you're saved, your your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So smoking, smoking is it's defiling that temple. You're hurting your body. And really, you could have the same argument for tattoos. Inking your body, it's not good. Um, you know, diet and exercise important. It's important to take care of your body because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And by the way, you only get one body. It's not like, oh, well, I've destroyed my body, so I'm just going to I'm just going to exchange it for a better body. You can't do that. You only get one body. Take care of it. So drinking is uh, I'm sorry, smoking is worldly. I'm looking at the next one, which is drinking. Drinking is worldly too. You know, drinking wine is often seen as a social status. Do you realize there are people who drink wine just because it makes them feel special? You know, ooh, we're we're fancy cuz we're drinking champagne. Mm. Uh, you know, fermented drink is a twist of God's original design. You know, uh, grapes, God, God didn't make them alcoholic. That's man's doing. Fresh grapes are great, but what man has done is taken that and, you know, they they, uh, they have it age and it becomes alcoholic. And, um, and, and there's going to be people that say, well, Jesus turned water into wine. Yes. But it was fresh grape juice. It wasn't fermented. It wasn't alcoholic. It was fresh grape juice. 
Now, drinking appeals to the lust of the flesh. Lust of the flesh. Proverbs 23.31 says, Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. And so really, according to this verse, the word of God puts a prohibition on drinking completely. In fact, it says don't even look upon the wine. Don't even look at it. Okay? Now, I know there's some who believe that, well, in drinking in moderation, that's okay, that's okay. And, and really, I suppose it does come down to your personal standards, but I, I would say, no. I, I, I would say it's best not to drink at all because, hey, um, if you're drinking in moderation, you could easily go over the line and get drunk. And that, that just leads to drunkenness. And, and nothing good ever comes out of drunkenness. So it's best just not to drink at all. <clears throat> I would say I would say drinking is worldly. Drinking is worldly. Next, dancing. Dancing is worldly. You know, dancing today is very sensual and fleshly. And and again, people are going to say, "Well, David danced." True, but David's dancing was leaping in the air. Okay, he wasn't shaking his body. He wasn't gyrating his hips like Elvis. He wasn't dancing in a sensual fashion. That's what dancing is today. It's wicked. And so dancing is worldly, and, and it is the lust of the flesh. Again, the lust of the flesh. I think you're finding out most of these are lust of the flesh. <clears throat> Moving on, we have the occult. Oh my goodness, the occult. And it, this includes witchcraft, sorcery, seances, Ouija boards, and the list goes on. Now these things are pagan and demonic. And this one includes all three, lust of the flesh. Some people do it because it's fleshly, appeals to their flesh, lust of the eyes. Some people do it because they want to see, they want to see cool things happen. They want to see the Ouija board float in the air. And some people do it because of the pride of life. They're prideful, and they want to show off to their friends. Or, or the pride of life because they, they want some kind of spiritual power, demonic power. Second Chronicles 33.6, um, this verse is talking about Manasseh. Listen to what it says. Also, he observed times and used enchantments and used witchcraft and dealt with a familiar spirit and with wizards. He wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Okay, so what Manasseh did, it angered God. It angered God. And you know what happened to him? He, 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 he became a slave. He was carted off into into captivity for a time. God was very angry with what he was doing. And also, all of this was forbidden in Israel. It's written in the law of Moses. Wizards, witches, seances, all of that was forbidden. Now, Galatians in the New Testament, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20 says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. And then he lists a bunch of stuff. And right there in the middle, it says idolatry and witchcraft. So one of the works of the flesh is witchcraft. Now, it's interesting. You have in the same chapter, Galatians 5, you have the fruit of the Spirit. But there's no such thing as the fruit of the flesh. It is called the works of the flesh. You see, because the Holy Spirit produces fruit in your life, but there's no such thing. The, the flesh doesn't produce fruit because fruit is something good and wholesome. No, 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 no. The flesh, it's works. The works of the flesh which is interesting because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So you have work, works of the flesh, the wages of sin. See how they work together here? 
And so you have the works of the flesh, and these are horrible things. I mean, you've got fornication and adultery in there, idolatry, and then witchcraft. Witchcraft is a work of the flesh. It's wicked. It's worldly. So we have the occult. All this stuff in the occult is worldly. It's worldly. Next, <clears throat> one that is not popular, but I'm going to say it anyway, is cohabitation. Cohabitation, you know. Um, a man and a woman who are not married living together. This goes against God's design of marriage. Okay? God, God's... And I'll, I'll, I'm, I've got a verse here in just a moment. It also shows no self-control or commitment. And this is what the world says. The world says, well... The two of you, you, you have to live together to find out if, if, if it's going to work, if it's going to work. And, and you know what that is? It's no commitment. None. Okay? You, you, don't, you don't live together first to find out if it's going to work. No, 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 no. You make a commitment to each other. You know? I love you, and I, I want to marry you. I want to be with you the rest of my life. And you make that commitment, and then you live together. Okay? So, in other words, it's kind of like the, the world is saying, try and see. Try and see if it's going to work out. And if it doesn't work out, just exit out the back door. I mean, it's just it's just terrible. No commitment. And I'm telling you, more and more people today are just shacking up. They're not married. They're just living together. They're even having kids. But they're not married. You know what? God hates it. This is the lust of the flesh. Hebrews 13.4 says, Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers... And adulterers, God will judge. Oh my goodness. Do you realize those people who are living together that are not married? God's going to judge them. God, God hates what they're doing. Because what they're doing is going against his design of marriage. It's terrible. And again, no commitment. None. So cohabitation is worldly. Next, drugs. Drugs. Okay, so getting high or being intoxicated is against God's will. It's against God's will. Appeals to the flesh, lust of the flesh. Ephesians 5.18 says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, if you're not supposed to be drunk with wine, we could also say, be not high on drugs. Okay? It's the same thing. When you're drunk or when you're high, you're intoxicated by the drug, you have no control. But instead it says, be filled with the Spirit. Because the Bible says here, the Holy Spirit should be in control. Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Okay? Now the sound mind part is the part I'm emphasizing because when you're on drugs, you're high, like marijuana, you don't have a sound mind. You have no idea what's going on. The Bible's against that. The Bible says we're to have a sound mind. Okay, so God's against drugs. Okay, now now I get it. If you're using medicinal drugs, that's fine. Good. But be careful because you can get addicted to those. And, and if you get addicted to those, it's going to be really hard to get out. It's going to be really hard. And um, that, that really is the problem with drugs. Addi addiction, the addiction factor. Um, it's a huge problem. So drugs are worldly. The last one I want to talk about today, the last one, is cuss words. Oh my goodness. Now, this is the world's talk. And you know what? I'm not going to mention the cuss words. I'm not. You know what they are. We hear them all the time out in the world because 
we live in a culture where it's cool to cuss. You watch movies, and it's cool to cuss in the movies. It's very popular to cuss in the movies. Unfortunately, we're living in a time, it's kind of like the 80s. In the 80s, everybody cussed in the movies. You had kids cussing in the movies. Same thing's happening again today. Everybody's cussing. And cuss words, that's the world's talk. It's not productive, it's not useful, and it's not edifying. This, I would say, the root would be the pride of life. Why do people cuss? Because they want to sound cool. Or, I suppose, some people would cuss because they just hear so much cussing. Everybody in their family cusses, all their friends cuss, so they cuss too. That could be it, but I would say pride of life. Matthew 5.37, Jesus says, Let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. In other words, hey, keep it simple. Your speech should be simple. Yes and no. Okay? Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. All right? So corrupt communication. That would be cuss words. Absolutely. Cuss words. Now, these things are inherently worldly. They are of the world. They are anti-God. I want to read to you 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 18. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Wow. You know, we as Christians are to live holy lives. Holy means set apart. We are to be set apart from the world unto God. That is not popular today because we have so many worldly churches which are producing worldly Christians. Can I remind you that 1 John 2.15 says, Love not the world. And you know what? That's a command from God's word. Love not the world. And you know what it says? It says, If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Woo! Now you might say, boy, that's, that's harsh. That's harsh. But it's true. You know, if a husband... He's married, right? He has a wife. But he has a love affair with another woman. Does he love his wife? No, he doesn't. He can't love his wife and love this other woman at the, at the same time. In fact, he's proving, by having the affair, he's proving that he doesn't love his wife. And it's the same thing with Christians. When we love the world, we do not love God at that moment of loving the world. We're having a love affair with the world. And so, I've, I've just gone through a bunch of things that are inherently worldly, and let me ask you, are any of these in your life? These things are worldly, and Christians should not have anything to do with them. Maybe you smoke. Maybe you dance. Maybe you do drugs. Uh, maybe, oh, I sure hope you don't go to casinos or bars. If any of these are true in your life, then... You are worldly. These are worldly things, okay? So please 
You've got to get rid of them. Get them out of your life. And I want you to notice, God says, come out from among them. Be, be separate from the world. Be separate from the world. And, and why? God says, because you're my children. He says, I want to be your father. You're my children. God's children should look and act differently than the world's children, the devil's children, the worldlings. We are God's children, children of the light. We should not be like them. We should not be like the world. We should be different and distinct. And so that's so very important. Now, there are some things that are not inherently worldly, but they can certainly become worldly. And, and this is the title of the, of the message today. When does something become worldly? We're going to talk about that. And these categories, we're going to go over real quick. Music, entertainment, and dress. So first, music. Now, God made music. So music can be used to worship, praise, and glorify God. However, don't forget that the devil was a musician in heaven before he fell. He was Lucifer. And he was in charge of worship for God. He, he, he was right around the throne of God worshiping him. And so the devil knows music very well. Music can be used to feed the flesh. Many musicians today are completely anti-God in their lifestyle, talk, and appearance. I mean, come on. You don't even have to listen to their music to tell that they're bad news. Christians should not be listening to musicians like Eminem, Rihanna, or Miley Cyrus. These artists are inherently worldly. They're completely worldly. And by the way, 99% of them are just like that. They're completely worldly. Now, what's the difference between worldly music and godly music? Well, here's a few things. First, the rhythm and the beat. Okay, worldly music has got a very pulsating beat, a driving beat that, by the way, that beat feeds your flesh. Why? It, 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 gets, you, it gets you in that rhythm, and it, it can be a, a very fleshly feel, or the beat could be very calm and soothing. And so the rhythm and the beat, it affects your spirit. It affects your spirit. It really does. You know, don't underestimate the power of music. Mu music is extremely powerful. Also the words. Do they honor the flesh or do they honor God? And by the way, it's going to be one or the other. The words are going to honor the flesh or they're going to honor God. There are so many words about sex and love. Oh my goodness. Lo love songs are the most popular songs in the world. But I'm telling you, most of those songs are horrible. They're just terrible because they, they just honor the flesh. And they get you thinking about things you should not be thinking about. But music can be also be used to honor God, to worship God, to make you think about how wonderful God is, how glorious God is. Now, there is a gray area. Some may think a song is too hardcore, while others think it's okay. And this is where standards come in. Now, when does music cross the line and become worldly? Answer, when the music doesn't encourage your spirit or draw you closer to the Lord. Okay? Now, I, I do want to be careful here because there you can listen to secular music that is completely secular. That's fine. In other words, it doesn't it 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 doesn't pull you to God, it doesn't encourage you spiritually, but it also doesn't feed your flesh. And so uh, there's plenty of music like that. I mean, you could listen to classical music. You could listen to like mo movie scores that are orchestral. 
actually really enjoy doing that, and that's fine. That's fine. But if that music you're listening to is just it's just bringing your spirit down, turn it off, okay? And especially if the words are focused on the flesh, like sex, it's worldly, all right? It's worldly. If the music is too intense, like, for example, rock music, rock music is really more noise than music. You know, you got a guy screaming at you, and, and, and the music is just noise. Guess what? That is going to grate on your spirit. That's not going to help you spiritually. Turn it off. Get rid of it. Don't listen to that. It's worldly music. And so examine the music you listen to. Is it worldly or is it godly music? Next, let's move on to entertainment. Movies and TV are a big part of people's lives today, and now it's more accessible than ever thanks to YouTube and streaming services. Unfortunately, 99% of movies have tons of worldliness in them that are fed right into our minds. If any of the things I mentioned earlier are in a movie, guess what? It's a worldly movie. But that's not all. What is the message that the movie is conveying? Here are a few messages, and this might surprise you. Here are a few messages that family movies usually convey that are actually worldly messages. Here's, are you ready? Ready? Okay. How about this one? Follow your heart. Follow your heart. No. Follow God's will. That's what the Bible says. How about this one? I believe in you. Or, you just gotta believe in yourself. No. No. We should believe in God. Don't believe in yourself. What does that even mean? How about this one? You're a good person. Well, actually, no, you're not. But God is always good. And you see how these are worldly messages. These are worldly messages. Um, and by the way, these, again, they sound good. Especially when you're watching a movie. Boy, that sounds good. They're worldly. They're anti-Bible. Now, the big question is, where should you draw the line when it comes to movies and TV? Should you turn it off at the first cuss word? Sex scene? Overt violence? Well, that all comes down to your personal standards. Let's move on to dress. I know I'm talking to men here, but guess what? Men can dress in a worldly way too. Men can dress in a sensual way, much like women. Now, this one is a little trickier because the Bible doesn't have much to say about a man's appearance, but here's a couple things, all right? First of all, men should not have long hair. 1 Corinthians 11, 14 says, Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? Oh, now I know this isn't popular, but this is Bible. God wants there to be a distinction between men and women. Women should have long hair because it makes them more beautiful. But men should not have long hair because then, well... Look, they look like a woman. God does not want men looking like women. By the way, God does not want women looking like men. They're, men should look masculine. Women should look feminine. All right? And, and that's my next point. Men should look like men. This means men should look strong and masculine. They should not be wearing skinny jeans or tight flowery shirts. They should not have a bunch of jewelry on or earrings. Christian men should dress in such a way that honors God. And, and, and I'm sorry, I, I don't think those things honor God. Those things I mentioned. It is worldly for a Christian man to dress in such a way to get the attention of women. Okay, that's worldly. It is also worldly for a man to try to look like a woman. Guess what? This is very popular in our culture today. 
it's very popular for men to act feminine and to dress feminine. You know what? The way you dress matters to God. Oh, yeah. In fact, everything you do matters to God. Absolutely. Well, I hope this episode has been a help to you. Be on guard against worldliness in your life. You probably have some worldly tendencies that you don't even realize. Get them out of your life. Please, get them out of your life. Ask the Lord to help you to live a life of holiness. If this episode has been a blessing, please share it with someone else. Now, be sure to check out my website, paulrobinsonbooks.com. You can learn about my books. I also have articles on there, a great resources that will be a blessing to you. Also, please send your Bible questions to this email, questions.soldiers at gmail.com. Again, questions.soldiers at gmail.com. I would love to answer your questions. Please send me your questions. Now, you heard me mention it. I mentioned standards a few times. And so next week, we're going to be talking about standards. How can you know you have the right standards for your Christian life? Wow, what an important topic. Don't miss it. Until next time, remember, you can live victoriously in Christ. Thank you.